Welcome, Welcome to, to Power, Power of X-Men, 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 the greatest, the greatest comic book podcast in all of the multiverse. During the whole making of X-Men and the casting of X-Men, I was there in the production office. Remember, you don't need to scream for help when Banshees are around. Was it supposed to be Jean or was it supposed to be Madeline? I drew that image and a deliberate hint. Things to come. What makes Marvel Legends so special? Just the partnership with Marvel, you know, continuing to work with Jesse Falcon. This is your special guest host, Mr. Sinister. <laughs> you, know, you would never put Storm in a ponytail. That would be well, weird. You could, but that would be weird. Answer. But giving it to Jean kind of made her the girl next door that everybody could talk to. When I met Stan, he was very gracious and, and, and very kind. This is the Power of X-Men podcast. I am your host, Dayspring. Hope you survive the experience. What's up, your highness? How are you doing? Thank you for greeting me properly. <laughs> it only took an entire hour and a half episode <laughs> for, me, for me to get it right. Imperious Rex. Imperious but, Rex. That's all I can say, Imperious Rex. Oh, okay. Okay. It's, it's uh, said by the Atlantean royal bloodline. So, you know, descendants of Neptune himself. All right. Well, I'll give you a pass, though. You've been such a great host. I'll give you a, I'll give you a pass. <laughs> <laughs> Just as once. Just as once. One. Just so. as once. Well, you know, it's fortuitous <laughs> that you said that because I had no idea that's what Imperious Frax yep. was the origin for. And this episode here today, it's two of two. We are going to be discussing Namor's history and yes. sort of do a deep dive again. I know into his character, and you know we're gonna we're gonna talk about his his origins. We're gonna do a brief history, and then we're gonna dive into it. Awesome! I'm so excited. This is this is what I live for. So. <laughs> Yeah, so we're doing a deep dive into Namor's history with the king of Atlantis himself, Namor Cosplay! Hey! Part two, part two. We are recording back-to-back. You are being a champion right now. But I love me. Talk, so I could go on for hours. <laughs> My mind just knows way too much information. So. Good. Well, we're going to extract that information right now. We're going to be talking about Namor, and I'm going to kick us off with a really quick paragraph. Namor was created by Bill Everett and first appeared in April 1939 in motion picture Funnies Weekly. Everett said the inspiration for Namor came from the poem, The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, and came up with Namor on his own, thinking that the name sounded very noble and regal, and that's how we got the name Namor, and eventually the character made it to Timely Comics, which was Marvel's predecessor, and he was one of the big three characters they were pushing at the time, the other two being the OG Human Torch and Captain America. He was Captain America, which you've also cosplayed as. You haven't done Human Torch yet. No, I'm going to Photoshop that somewhere. (laughs) But Namor has traditionally been an anti-hero. He's been a lover. He's been a friend. He's been a king. He's been a foe to many. He's been with Sue Storm, which we know you love that. Nope. 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 
Got all it. the way through to Emma Frost. So he's had a rich history, and the king himself is going to kick us off with it. You know, fun fact, actually, um, Namor isn't just a regal name. It's um, Roman spelled backwards. Oh, look at that. Like, and he has little ankle wings because um, it's supposed to be like Hermes, the gods that kind of display him as a god. And the original Namor, like when he first came, um, was released, it was like he had like red hair because at the time red hair was seen as devilish and he wanted to kind of have him be like perceived as like he's not just a hero. He's like, a, he's got a darker side. So that's why I gave him red hair and then they eventually changed to black. But little, little facts about his character that... Well, I am blown away that Namor is Roman spelled backwards. Yeah. Yeah. I've never absorbed that at all. Thank you. (laughs) It's very real. It's all about that. But yeah, so I mean, I'll talk, let's talk about mine, give you everyone a little quick history, which um, a paragraph which ended up being a couple because there's just so much. You've been around since 1939. You know, before Aquaman, let me tell all of you that first. So, guess who's a copy? Aquaman's a copy. Guess who's first? Namor's the first. There we go. There like, we go. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> took me so, a second. I'm like, wait, wait, who, who? <laughs> I got my hands out to you. I was like, you got it. <laughs> um, anyway, you know, Namor is a submariner. You know, his thing is like you know he's the spawn of two worlds yet fated to belong to none that was kind of his uh you know when you first opened up a comic book and they had like a little blurb that was kind of what they kind of started with and i really think that's a beautiful aspect to think about because his father captain Lennon mckenzie was on an expedition in antarctica when the explosives his crew were using broke through the ice and unbeknownst below there it was atlantis you know and that's where Atlantis was based, they're under Antarctica and the explosives kind of caused some destruction. So they sent Princess Fenn, the beautiful Princess Fenn to go investigate. And she fell in love with Captain Mackenzie. But when she didn't return, her father, Emperor the Corps, sent troops up and Captain Mackenzie died. No. So Amor's dad died, unfortunately, but she came back to Atlantis and she had a son named Namor and that means the avenging sun in Atlantean. So he is the spawn of the surface and the sea, which no one thought was possible, which is a huge thing for them. But anyway, he grew up in Atlantis and he dealt with hardship because he's also pink skinned and every, the Atlanteans are blue. Um, not to mention he was also the first mutant. Um, in case anyone was curious, the ankle wings on his feet, um, that's, that's a genetic mutation. Um, and he's also stronger than the average Atlantean, swim faster, thick skin, bulletproof, and fly. Um, but, you know, when he first started, he was like, um, he was still very young. He was very green, but he wanted to prove himself to his grandfather at the core. Um, and so he went to the surface world to hope to conquer it in the name of Atlantis. And, you know, those first surface interactions were, you know, the it was a big deal back at the time when he interacted with the Human Torch and they crossed over comics. And they were just like the first iconic like, frenemy battles through like in the golden age and you know they're iconic together him and jim hammond the original human torch um but also he met the lovely betty dean that is his i'd say one of his first loves besides dorma you know she kind of showed him like the beauty of the surface world and kind of calmed him and like quelled him a little bit it was kind of like his conscious a little bit so he wasn't as just like destructive 
So he kind of has a huge relationship with Betty Dean in terms of just like, you know, seeing the world in a different viewpoint than just being Atlantean. Um, but anyway, what's really great about him is later on, he put aside his hatred to the surface uh, during World War II. He joined the efforts um, with the invaders, with Captain America, the original Human Torch, and also Bucky Barnes and Toro were on it as well. Uh, those are the sidekicks. And uh, Namora also joined. Um, anyway, he thought that World War II was a um, bigger threat than just the surface world. So that's why he joined and kind of became a hero. He's a war hero, which is great. Not many people know that, surprisingly. Um, they just think the past decade. But anyway, his homecoming after that, after the war was, was kind of short-lived. Um, the villain Destiny, he had an ensuing battle with him, and that ended up destroying Atlantis, killed his grandfather and his mother, and he had amnesia, and then spent years in limbo, comic limbo, and he was eventually rediscovered in Fantastic Four when Johnny Storm discovered him as a homeless man, threw him into the sea, and he's like, Imperious Rex, and just comes back to life and remembers everything. Um, but anyway, then the Silver Ages after that, um, you know, his name war on all these adventures, both above and below the sea, like the quest for the trident. You know, he attacked Atl um, the surface world many times, uh, as he does. Um, and, you know, the wrongdoing of his people and just um, how he got affected by that. There's also a lot of Atlantean struggles as well. There's many coup attempts by uh, Warlord Krang and his evil stepbrother, Byra. Uh, and there's also people who challenge the crown from the outskirts, like uh, Atuma. He's the king of the barbarians. He's a total badass. Um, and my favorite villain is Tiger Shark. Um, he's one of his biggest villains also. He's like an ex-Olympic like swimmer who got an injury from like saving a drowning person. And he wanted to get back into it. So the um, Dr. Dorcas injected him with uh, Tiger Shark DNA and Namor's DNA and became a villain. He's going crazy. Um, and that's that was that. But the heart of the Silver Age that not many people know about is Lady Dharma. She is the icon. She is the queen. She is the love of his life. Um, you know, it's a relationship span since childhood. They are together in the golden age. You know, they're just, they're fated to be together. Um, you know, unfortunately, when the villainous Lyra comes into play, uh, she not only um, kills his father, which he found out was alive, and he... It was it's so tragic because uh, he finds out his father's alive and has like this brief moment of reuniting with him. And then he dies, which is really sad. He gets killed. But Lyra also killed uh, Lady Dorma and it was heartbreaking. And oh, man, poor guy. <laughs> but, you know, then later on after the that whole is one through 63, um, 68, one of those. Um, was over. He got a mini series in 1984 called Prince Name of the Submariner. And that was kind of a really great story in terms of developing him as a king. And it kind of played on as a restless king. Um, you know, he didn't want to be on the throne. He was really interested in exploring his surface side and what it meant to be half surface and half Atlantean. And eventually he gets his wish on, you know, because of the events that are happening and what was going on with the villains or the antagonists. He gets voted out of Atlantis by the High Council because he's not there. He's not present. But it's beautiful because in the 90s, you know, in the Jay Lee run, you know, he kind of gets to explore himself as a surface man and, you know, and interacting with people on the surface and becoming more of a human, I guess. You know, we actually learn that his kind of outbreaks and his like temper is because of an imbalance in his blood. 
um, because he's half Atlantean and half human or half surface. So um, he has to spend an hour each each day in order to get his levels right, which is a really cool um, thing I learned or you learn when you read it. Um, but anyway, when he was up on the surface, he also became CEO of a company called Oracle to help the oceans in a new way. And he actually funded that through finding ocean like treasures, like out in the, uh, the sea, like the shipwrecks. So I think that's really interesting. Um, but then eventually uh, around Savage Submariner, which is not my favorite era, the, the art is really grungy. It's, you know, I don't like the long hair, <laughs> but anyway, you know, he returns to Atlantis to reclaim the throne from Sumaket. He's like this ancient evil who like, you know, the dark history of Atlantis and like where it came from, he returns after like all these years. And, you know, he has to find like the strength to, to, to come back and defeat him. And he does, and he comes back a more mature king, uh, more mature king. And he kind of thrives again with Atlantis for a while, you know, you know, he goes with the defenders occasionally. He re reunited with the invaders, which was great. Um, I love him with the invaders. And um, he also teams with, with his best friend in the whole world, Dr. Doom. Uh, I, those two are really interesting together because they both know they're going to fuck each other over in the, in the end, but they still get together in the end. Just, I don't know. But then the tides turn yet again when Namor is framed for a terrorist attack in Kansas. And so S.H.I.E.L.D. and Tony Stark are complete assholes. And they're just like, it's you. And we're going to, we want to occupy Atlantis. And he's like, I didn't do it. So he goes to try to prove himself innocent and things go haywire, you know, and he has to sacrifice his people and his city. So he evacuates the people from the city and blows up Atlantis to get off S.H.I.E.L.D.'s radar. And his people are to the wind, he's to the wind. And it's kind of a new life for him. And thus begins, uh, his time with the X-Men and Utopia era. So. Yeah. And uh, so Namor joins Osborne's dark X-Men and a retcon of a relationship with Emma Frost is established. And of course, Emma Frost is the white queen of the Hellfire Club. And as part of the dark X-Men, they seize San Francisco, which is experiencing massive violence and riots from anti-mutant protesters for Proposition X, which is a statue that was trying to be passed that limited mutant reproduction rights. But best part about this is that Namor and Emma pulled a fast one on Osborne because they were secretly working in cahoots with our boy Cyclops, who was the leader of the X-Men. And then he joins the X-Men officially, not the dark X-Men, the actual X-Men as they go off and establish Utopia, which is one of the islands the X-Men occupied during their many, many decades long run. You know, currently they're now in Krakoa. Before Krakoa, there was Utopia. And Namor takes residence up there. And yes, there's a lot of tension between him, Emma, and Scott. But things start getting a little bit more interesting with Namor when the X-Event schism happens which sees Wolverine and Cyclops going at odds ideolog ideologically and they end up fighting. And the end result is that the X-Men divide. So Namor remains on Utopia because he's here like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying right here on Utopia. And he becomes part of Cyclops extinction team. And this is sort of the beginning of a larger story with Namor during this era, because 
he is tasked with helping preserve the mutants in a world where they're on the verge of extinction. This is right after Wanda casted her decimation spell and 99% of the world's mutants were decimated. So in this era, he does get his own solo run. He forms a friendship with the mutant messiah, Hope Summers, who was the only baby born since the decimation with an active X gene. So she was raised in the future by Cable. She comes back and her and Namor sort of have this very touching, loving friendship. And eventually during the events of Avengers versus X-Men, when Tony Stark blows up the Phoenix force, a fraction of the Phoenix goes into Namor and he becomes part of the Phoenix five. And this is an extremely notable part of his history because he lays waste to Wakanda and it puts him at odds with Black Panther. And we all know what the rumors are right now with Black Panther too. But eventually the Phoenix does leave him and he returns to Atlantis. And of course he has his own adventures, which include being part of the reformed Illuminati, which Black Panther founded. But he also gets beheaded, (laughs) but it's okay because he gets better thanks to Warrior Woman. But his next big run in with the X-Men, it happens during X-Men Red when the resurrected Jean Grey comes back and she seeks asylum in Atlantis after Cassandra Nova frames Jean in, in the media for decapitating a diplomat. So... They establish a base in Atlantis called Cerebro, but that's spelled S-E-A. <laughs> and eventually they go toe-to-toe with Cassandra Nova and they are victorious. So we, we've seen Namor recently at the Hellfire Gala where he shaded Magneto and Xavier saying that he doesn't need to be part of the mutant nation of Krokoa because he is a king and he owns 70% of the planet. And boom, that's, that's the last time I saw Namor. Yeah. Firstly, can I just uh, say some grievances? Um, why didn't he get a Hellfire Gala look? I he I showed agree. up in his his everyday armor. I feel like he's the kind of dude who would show up and dress as this shit. He is like he would be Emma Frost level with different outfits. I feel like he should have worn a cape or something like like his usual armor. Like there was I, so much potential there. I agree. Look, dude, I agree. I'm sorry I called you, dude. <laughs> Your <laughs> highness. Don't hit no, me. <laughs> Don't hit me. Um, why, why didn't he have a good look? He, he is royalty. He's going to show up. And I don't know. He came across so dicky in that. And I know we've talked about that in our previous episode of like, why are you writing him so flat like that? You know, like he's obviously was invested in the X-Men during the Utopian era. And now yeah. that he's seeing mutants, which he is half mutant, thriving. What's up here? You're shocked. Like, you, the, here's the funny thing, too. Someone, the, in Dan Slott's Fantastic Four, they use that line. It's like, I'm king of 70% of the world. They use that there, too. And then it came out with the same, like, time frame. I was like, you can't think of anything else original. Like, he's friends with the mutants, but he could have just showed up. Like, even just to show up to be like, you know, hit on Emma Frost. Like, you should have just done that. Like, he's like, what's up? Well, yeah, I don't think him and Emma even talked during the no, Hellfire Gala. It was, just, it was so quick. It was like, boom, boom, boom. Like, give him a cape or something, please. <laughs> well, 
that's me it's myself like <laughs> well i can talk about him at the hellfire gala till five in the morning and, and and his relationship with emma because i do love that relationship but um we just kind of summed up a very decades long history years. That, yeah 80 years I'm curious what the first thing I do want to tackle, because we were talking about this before we hit record on, on, on the zoom love interests for, for him. I, something tells me you're a big fan of lady Dorma for him. Yes. My God. I think it's like, um, when everyone talks about Namor, they say, Oh, is it Sue Storm or Emma Frost? And it's like, it's lady Dorma. Like, you know, you got to read his books his his solo series namor works best as a solo first off in my opinion but um lady dorma is she is atlantean they have such a rich history together they've had their ups and downs no lie you know they've had rough patches but in the end the love is there they i don't know how to best describe it they're just they're perfect for each other they're just you know they're badasses you know they, they they're the same person i guess i don't know how to best describe it but they're just i love them together and she's just such a great character that i don't think she's gotten the recognition that she deserves because she did die um early on like you know and and you know like midway through his solo run in his 1963 submariner and she hasn't come back so i, I haven't like, resurrected her in any way shape or form kind of there was a tease in this this comic right here mm-hmm. that, that king black number five the last issue in his miniseries by kirpushia and it was like uh Na- modern day name was swimming around he's just like one day we'll be re- reunited like me you atuma and he's like what and like we're all like wait what is she coming back like like so uh if she does come back i would love that um because people should know her because she's you know, it's not just like I dislike other love interests, but I just think, you know, she's like, you know, almost like the OG. Like every every comic book character has like a, a love interest that's just like their person. Like a lot of people love like Gene and Scott, even though I'm a Emma and Scott fan, but Same. everyone loves those two together. Like Dorma and Namor are that's that. I don't know how to describe it. She's just a badass and you know, she's also just like elegant and she takes control of Atlantis at one point when Namor is gone. She just like grabs it, like riles everyone on the throne room. She's like, we're going to go, you know, stop the surface. Shows. We're going to save our king. Like she, you know, she takes charge. You know, she's she's not like, like, oh, Namor, come save me, my love. Like, where are you? Like, she's like, like, let's fucking go. Like, you know, she sees things and no one else does. So. Yeah. I mean, and her design. I mean, she truly oh, yeah. looks regal. I mean, she's draped in red. She's got blue skin. Oh yeah, she's. Oh my god, that's that's a dream cosplay duo. That's my main one I want to do. I need to find the big door. What to do? You heard she's, it here, folks. I'm just Highness is looking for for his dorma. I'm looking for my dorma, guys. Like, <laughs> like. <laughs> look at her she's like she's an icon she is she's an icon so that's what i think so and you know also to go on love interest if you want to talk surface people there's uh as we previously spoke in the last episode it's a betty dean she is the first surface woman he's ever met and they have a great love story in terms of like 
she's shown him the beauty of the surface and quelled his, you know, warlike tendencies when he first, you know, came to the surface. And, you know, there was also this beautiful tragedy um, written in Marvel snapshots with, with them together, where she finds out Atlanteans live like a hundred, like more than a hundred years, like a couple hundred. And she's just like, oh my God, like, how am I going to, like, we're never going to get this life together. And it's, it's so tragic. That's um, beautiful. Yeah, it's like it's like very heartbreaking because it's like they both love each other, but like at the same time, she's kind of at a point in her life where she's getting older and she wants to settle down. But Namor's still like young, and he's and he's just has all these like tendencies and and stuff. So it's kind of hard to watch. Like just it's like um, uh, expiration on a friendship because there's even a book where she's old, like because she's been around since like I don't know really the beginning. So. Well, and I feel like narratives like that, I mean, that's something that was brought up with, in Buffy with Buffy and Angel. Angel being a centuries-old vampire and Buffy being a 16-year-old girl, which now sounds really creepy saying out loud. But, you know, but he, the idea is there. You know, she will eventually one day grow old and die and he will live on. And I love that idea of that of that melodrama. And I got to tell you, I, I've, I've seen a photo of and you're gonna don't don't hit me please I've, I've seen photos of betty before i always thought it was sue yeah i mean he loves his blondes i can't blame him i'm a blonde man myself so i mean, <laughs> was, I mean yeah i mean it's easily to get confused um you know so it's not like you know i'm not like gonna get angry about that so because not many people know about her beyond because these are like name more fandom people because he's obviously not as popular so. Is she still around? Is she still on the surface? What, what, what's uh, Betty Dean up to? I don't think she's been around for a minute. Um, <laughs> the last, I, last time I can really recall, like there was like the Marvel snapshots, but that was just like a flashback, like a, like mm. post war kind of storyline. She's in those storylines, but like modern age, the only mention of her was like when um, first mutant when uh, he's meeting with Loa and Loa's like grandmother. It was like best friends with betty so like mm-hmm. when namor finds loa and then sees her he's like oh my god like you were friends with betty and it's like it's, it's that's probably the one that i can remember the most so besides flashbacks so she's i don't know what she's up to so all right betty well i betty. You know betty come on get out uh, of that nursing i guess she would be in a nursing home probably <laughs> she's I mean, been, you know she's like in her 30s and post-war so i'd assume so so like get out of that harder. nursing home, go to Krokoa and get resurrected in a new body. Yes. It is well allowed that. Maybe they'll make an exception for, with, for Namor. But if they are, yeah. then bring back uh, Dorma. Yes, please bring back Dorma out of everyone. That's who we should bring back the most. Because, you know, also like in um, the King in Black miniseries by Bushiek, um, you know, there's a young version of her, like, because they follow like a young Namor, a Tuma, and a young Dorma. And she actually, fun fact, she saves the day. Like, Namor is there in the background, but uh, the person who stops the Black Tide, which is the villainous group, was Dorma. Like, mm-hmm. she, it was her. Like, they all helped her, but she had the final blow. Like, she was, she wielded magic, and, like, she had, like, oh, it was, it was so cool. She's, that's why I love her, like, and what they did with her. Because it was, like, it was Namor's book, but it was, like, she saved the day in the end. So, she's, she's great. People should know about her. I hope they do. <laughs> what about Marina? So she is, she's okay. She's not my favorite. Um, <laughs> but she's like an alien. 
Um, you know, they kind of, she was an alpha flight, I think, when they met Namor, but they got married and they had like, you know, whirlwind romance, but she is also a monster. Um, and she eventually turns into a monster and Namor has to tragically let her go because she's, mm-hmm. she can't control her anymore. She's, she's wild and, you know, she wasn't a person anymore. She was just like a wild creature. And, you know, if, also in like, um, Dark Rain, Dark X-Men era, he had to kill her because uh, Norman Osborn captured her and as like a monster and let him loose and like have like a sniff Atlantean blood. So he had to kill her. But even though she was like a monster, it was still hard for him. So he's loved and he's lost. So oh, our poor he loves her in anyone in the world. So you wouldn't know it. So <laughs> she's probably the one b- b- besides Sue and Emma of his love interest that I've been exposed to the most and knew the most about because she is, she, she is a character that pops on page yeah. and, and I've seen her, you know, with him many times. Yeah. That was like, that was his second wife. So that was like his second his, wife. Yeah. His first time he found love again after Dorma. So I was like, oh. <laughs> they die as as usual he can never keep the love interest they always die so <laughs> so we have emma frost and sue storm also as love interest we know how you feel about the sue storm <laughs> like sue storm. It's, it's ridiculous drop it <laughs> writers need to drop it like it's i mean it just doesn't make sense anymore like it, it worked maybe at the beginning it was like a it was, it was it happened and that was it but he's like he shouldn't be obsessing over one person he's fucking namor he doesn't need her like he's been with much hotter people and much like emma people. frost emma, how do you how do you get with that and be like ah, i think i like sue storm like i love sue know? storm oh she's so great like and it's also just like why is he obsessing over one person you can't get anyone you want i think it's ridiculous like get over it like writers need to get over that trope first did though. he ever have flirtations with wanda or is that just the animated series wanda yeah Hmm? maxima yeah 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 scarlet witch i don't think so Hmm. what what animated series is this um it was one where wanda where they went underwater and he was briefly infatuated with wanda i want to say it was earth's mightiest heroes maybe hang on let me look it up uh, uh, uh. it's the one with uh with wasp it was a 90s one where wasp and um mm-mm. oh i think you know what we're talking you know what about. i'm talking about yeah yeah, yeah. no he's never really he's never in, in in canon with the comic books ever no. ever wanted to to hook up with her i don't i don't remember that i feel like I would have heard Namor Nation. So United they stand right there. United they stand. United they stand. Small they are. Small <laughs> mighty. Um, on the flip side, though, you know, moving away from the love interest, his major villains. What do you? What yeah. do you think? I, you said Tiger Shark was your favorite. Tiger Shark's my favorite. Um, I think he's a total badass, and I love his design. Like some people think his design is very. I mean, it's very sign of the times. I mean, it's like this full body, like suit with like orange and purple and like zigzags and like shark vibes and like a massive fucking fin. And I'm like, it's so cool. Like, I mean, he bad. looks badass, and his that Legends figure of him, it was gorgeous. 
it's so cool like i i love tiger shark i think he's cool like they gave him an updated design where he's more of like a shark it's mm-hmm. like a shark a humanoid shark um it, it's all right he looks kind of silly in my opinion he has like a big face i feel like it's more tighter and like angrier. <laughs> he looks like king shark from suicide squad <laughs> so and, wait who and came first so who came first well, I actually don't know that. So oh, okay. <laughs> I don't track that. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's my favorite. But another big one is is a Tuma. That's kind of his his red skull kind of deal. Like that's yeah. his big opposite. Um a Tuma's really great, but you know, he he was kind of almost like mostly one-dimensional for a very long time, just kind of like the barbarian king, like opposing Namor wanting to conquer. Like he he, like there's like this prophecy within his tribe where it's like there will be one person who will conquer Atlantis finally and he believes he's that person um and you know he's I think he's cool he's got an amazing character design like you know he's he's a cool guy he's, he's also he looks like, great I'm looking at photos of him yeah. right now as we're speaking he yeah, looks he, great um, he's so cool he's got a sword um and what's what was really great about Bushiak's uh King and Black run was they finally go into a backstory which was great because what the basic thing is, um, you know, he, his people are nomadic people. And in that storyline, like his father and his tribes were like going to Atlantis to basically like, I don't know the exact term, just like be annexed into their empire. And, um, you know, it was like a big thing because like they've always been separate. And um, what happens is when the black tide rolls in, everything goes to shit. Like, most of his people are killed so he's like has a very you know how his people are gone basically his father's dead and they have like this mythical like sea serpent like dragon thing it's like they're um it's a symbol of their people and that gets killed by the black tide and he takes the skull of the dragon and wears it as the helmet so you kind of get an origin story for why his helmet looks like that because wow, it's like that's insane the dragon. yeah yeah so you get it, and what's really cool in that storyline too is it, it it puts Namor and Atuma as friends at first. Like they like butt heads a little bit, but um, you know they're they're friends at first. And then after the, the Black Tide, you know he just he he goes like he's like my people were slaughtered because of Atlantis, and you go you leaves, and that's kind of it. But you know you finally got a backstory. It took like forever. <laughs> I love how much you know about all of this off the top of your head. I want the folks at home to know that we have, we're, we're working off of a mutual Google sheet, but there's only points in there. And I literally am just calling it off and you are just hitting home runs with it. <laughs> it's insane. Uh, I, I love the character. I mean, he's just, I think he's so cool and I love the world and I wish it could be explored more. Um, so I think, you know, and I think, you know, it's a positive if he does, you know, get into the movies is him being a villain in the Black Panther movie, my favorite thing in the world. No, but at the same time, if he does, it means he might get his own solo series. You know, you might have more of spotlight within the Marvel uh, comic universe, which I think is, I think it's, you know, worth taking the shot with uh, an antagonistic role in like a movie where he's not really a villain. They'll but, make him. They'll make him yeah. simpatico. I'm, I'm trying to think of the word in English, but they'll make him simpatico. Like he'll 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 be able to win over the audience if it's done well. And I think the rumor is that there will be a 
you know, a, 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 another villain at play yeah. here who's really the villain and people are going to unite against that villain. And if the rumors are true, it would be a big yeah. villain. But we'll we'll see where that goes. I don't want to spoil that for anyone today. Um, yeah. But what there about- are rumors of um, Namora and Atuma being in it. So I my theory would be like, if he is in it, maybe Atuma is doing something. And But if there's other, an option would be the Kiver Island incident, which was in uh, the Defenders uh, mm-hmm. run, where Atlanteans were um, taking, you know, doing you know, black market trades of vibranium and it's a whole incident. And that could, it's only one issue, but I mean, that could be something because, you know, the thing about Namor, he's not going to attack you unless you attack first. Like, I feel like he has to be provoked to attack Wakanda. So that's my only hope. And I think it would be a third party, honestly, because I mean, if they want to do something with Namor, I feel like they're not just going to, like they did a great job with Killmonger. Everyone loves Killmonger. Oh like, yeah. You know, Killmonger is more standout than T'Challa, like I think, you know, and I love T'Challa, um, you know, R.I.P. But um, I, that's why I'm okay if that Ryan Coogler is in charge of it. Like we talked about this previously, so I don't want to dive into that again, but I trust Coogler if he, if he does bring in Namor. So, what about you, man? What do you think of you, man? He's cool. I love his design. It's just like got the big ass fins and like he's like, he's basically like his Nazi counterpart. Um, during like the invaders era because they were kind of you know he was part of the invaders and they kind of like were nazi stompers and like all that stuff and it was like really cool like smashing nazis and stuff and you man was kind of like his version of like you know getting the atlantis involved for because you man supported the nazis and that kind of became a whole incident with Namor, obviously because he's <laughs> you know the prince of atlantis and that's not okay so <laughs> but i think his design is so cool so I would love to see an updated version of that. And how about Orca? I don't think I know anything about Orca. Orca's really, he's interesting. He's like, he's a, he's a dumb dumb is what I think he is. He's like, oh my God. I'm like, I, first of all, okay. I'm, I have no shame in admitting I've never seen this character before. He's, his design is so what is this? Like, he's like, I don't, he's like Thanos wearing a whale costume. <laughs> he's a big dumb brute is what he is uh <laughs> you know he um he's basically you know he's in cahoots with dr dorcas and i don't know how to describe him. he's just he's wearing a silly ass costume and you know he has a lot of firepower but he doesn't really have any motives because he's just like like follow man like uh like a you know he's just a brute force kind of as a for Dr. Dorcas, who is just a scientist who really can't fight him, so he goes a little crazy, obviously. But so he's not, he's not exciting, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. okay. But yeah. No, I mean, look, the costume, that's incredible. Yeah. Has anyone ever cosplayed as him? Have you ever seen a cosplayer as him? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's so unfortunate that, you know, some people have never really cosplayed. I've never seen a Dorma. I've never seen uh, an Atuma. I've seen a tiger shark. I've seen one tiger shark, um, which is really cool. I'm surprised um, that there hasn't been a Dorma. I'm shocked myself. Like, she she should be done. I think mm-hmm. she should. Like, there's been Namorita and Namora. They've been done, and I've seen those. But I've never seen Dorma or any of that. I've never seen any of these films, really. So, wink, wink. Uh, um, wink, wink. Sure. 
my God, friends. I love all of the I love all the hints that you're giving here. You know we're such stands of of all your work and what you do. So mm. you hit on uh, you see Krang. I think I wrote that down. That's that's a big villain, actually. Oh he's, yeah. He's his warlord. He's in the animated series um, as well. He's the warlord. They have off and on relationship, which I think is weird because they're kind of buddy buddy in around like Utopia era for a little bit. And he almost betrays him, but then he realizes he, he shouldn't. But he, Warlord Krang is like has an obsession with Lady Dorma, and he hates Namor for that. The fact that Dorma is in love with Namor, so it's very, very early comic book even. It's all about like the girl and like you know relationships with that. But um, he's, well, he he reminded to- me of like the uh, the Norman Osborn, you know, type character. Yeah. He's he he he's smart. He's very smart, um, and he's planted coups many times because Namor's always off the surface so many times. It's like you know, it's actually interesting because there's this comic series, twelve issues called Saga of the Submariner, and I think that should be everyone should read that if they have any interest in Namor. Wants to basically sum up most of his like um, you know his original run. Mm-hmm. It just goes through everything and very quickly um, brushes over it. And it's so funny to just watch, like, I'm going to Atlantis, then I'm going to go to Service World. Then they kick me out of Atlantis, so I'm going back to the Service World. But now I'm in Atlantis again, and he's like, boom, 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 boom. It's like, oh, my God, he really does switch a lot. Like, keep him in one spot. That's what I love about the first Mutant and uh, Bushi X Run and The Deep. They, um, they, did, they kept him in Atlantis, and they developed that world more. And I want to see more world building. So I mean, I went on tangent. I'm sorry. So no, what, don't apologize. The people after the last episode know exactly who's on the show, and that is incredible. <laughs> Please, we encourage you to have as many rants as you want. I don't know if you know Demanda Martini, but when Demanda's on here, she goes on her rants. <laughs> the people know. Don't worry. This is a say. I'm just looking at you, and I'm like, yes, yes, you know. <laughs> I'm rallying against uh, with you. Excuse me. Need more nation. So got another one. So um, what about? Uh, I don't know how to pronounce this one. Byra, 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 Byra. But tell me about Byra and and Lyra. Oh, Byra and Lyra. That's back. back. Uh, back they actually were in cahoots for a little bit, actually too. Uh, oh, hashtag cahoots. Yeah. Cahoots <laughs> against Namor. Um, Byra is his evil stepbrother. He's been around for a very long time. And he's always been jealous of Namor, you know, because he's Namor's the heir and he, he he hates that because he's like Namor's not a true blood Atlantean because he's half Atlantean and half surface. And uh, anyway, he he hates him for that. And he's very mischievous and always tries to overthrow him. Like there was one time where he um which is really interesting because he all the people start to hate Namor and they want him off the throne and he's so confused by it and so hurt by it. And then Dorma, of course, as she always does, she finds out that he's using like a mind control ray on Atlantis. That's why they don't like, that's why everyone's against Namor and like wants Byra in control because they're under mind control. But again, Dorma isn't under mind control because she loves him so much. That's, that's real love. Sue Storm could never, um, <laughs> Sue Storm uh, is like, I'm sorry, I'm battling <laughs> malice right now. But <laughs> <laughs> you, a woman who really loves you. Um, but anyway, so Byra does a lot of shit, uh, and 
I'm surprised people don't see through his shit because he's got like the handlebar mustache, like and like the little goatee. It's like he just he just like reeks of mischievous acts. So <laughs> he's he's weird, but he's you know after he's he doesn't see much really after like you know in the modern age to be honest. So it's unfortunate. So what about his supporting cast of characters, Namora, yeah. Rita? Um, yeah. you know, Lord Vashati. I am I saying that yeah. right? Um, Lord Vashti. Vashti. And yeah. one I've never heard of is Princess Fen, which we have talked about obviously tonight. But what is what are your thoughts on all of them? Sure. Well, let's, well, I'll start with Lord Vashti. He is his, he is his like go-to guy. He is his rock. He is his like his his counsel and his, his voice of consciousness in Atlantis. He actually started off as a lowborn. And he, um, Vashti helped Namor retrieve like uh, the the trident of Neptune, but then also at the same time, while uh, Krang was taking the throne during Namor's quest to find the trident to win back his people, Vashti was being like, was encouraging. He was like, no, don't give up hope because uh, I don't know if I've seen a story. I'm sorry. Um, To give a little context, you know, in this storyline, Krang overthrows Namor when he's not there. And Namor feels like he doesn't have his people, so he has to go on a quest for Neptune's trident, which is supposed to be like the end-all, be-all. Like, you're the chosen one. You're the descendant of Neptune. You're the king. So he goes on a quest for that. Now let's go back to Ferrara Wells. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so Vashti is, like, supporting people telling him, don't worry, like, Krang's horrible, but Namor's coming. He's, he's not dead. He's coming for everyone to save us all. And after he comes back, he gets, um, um, he's, like, you were a big help to me. You're giving me my counsel. And he's he ends up being like a really big character. And he actually ends up vote, being one of the three people who voted him out of the throne room. Wow. Um, and, uh, which I think is okay. I mean, because eventually he, when he comes back to save Atlantis, he forgives him. He said it was the right decision. He's like, I wasn't ready to be on the throne, but now I am. And I think it's really beautiful. They got a great relationship. Um, and then I would love to find a cosplayer to do him too. So if any older cosplayers wants to get blue, so <laughs> <laughs> I just want to do a whole name more verse. Cause shoot, that's my goal. Get well, everyone from there. I feel that like that would be achievable in today's world because cosplays are so much more dynamic now. Yeah. And 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 you could so I we're putting that juju out there in the ocean <laughs> that it will come back. <laughs> yeah um then i guess the next one so um namora is his cousin mm-hmm. and her real name is aquaria uh nautica neptunia which i was like why did they call namora if she's got a like a sick name like that like yeah if she's in the black panther movie like rumored they i really hope they call her that because i feel like it'd be really confusing for you like, wait namor and namora like and then there's namorada like <laughs> Yeah, you got anything yeah. original like uh, <laughs> uh, you got a name like that, but she's cool. Um, a Roman spelled backwards. <laughs> a Roman. <laughs> Sorry, you got it right there. She's a Roman. <laughs> um, they were, you know, best friend grew up. She's also half Atlantean, half surface dweller. So they kind of that's they became really close because they shared that relationship. Um, she was also part of the invaders for a little bit, but then she unfortunately died. Um, and then she came back to life eventually. I don't know how, but um, she's back to life and she's part of the agents of Atlas right now. 
Uh, she's in Atlantis Attacks and a whole bunch of other Aiden's Atlas stories. Um, they did have a little bit of incest for like a hot second, which was weird. Um, I do remember but, that story. I do remember that. I was like, oh, they, stop that. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm a fan of Nate Gray with Madeline Pryor, and Nate Gray is an alternate version of Cable from <laughs> the Age of Apocalypse. And Madeline Pryor is a clone of Jean Grey and the mother of Cable. So, like, <laughs> that's just a whole. So, you know what? Like, weirder things have happened in the Marvel Universe. Weirder things have happened. That's, 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 we find out that um, she's a clone of Namora. And it's a huge storyline. It's like Namora's like heartbroken. She's shocked. It's, it's, it's a big thing um, because we find out Namora couldn't have children because uh, she was sterile like Namor because of uh, their, their mixed blood. So because they're half, they're half us, like they can't have children. Oh, interesting. So Namora Fun fact. Yeah. There you go. Little, little tidbit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Namora is a clone of Namora, but she, she's also her own person. She's kind of like, you know, they're Namor's cousin, obviously, but it's almost like a brother-sister relationship more because she's she's younger and he, you know, he kind of teaches her and like, you know, they have a really great relationship within like the 90s run. And uh she, you know, I just think she's really cool. She's just fun and she's like shopping and like all this shit, like clothes and all this just you know basically like a 90s teen, um, essentially. Um, but she's, she's really cool. Um, she hasn't been around in a minute either. Uh, and then finally, Princess Fen, that is his mother. So Okay, I was like, who the fuck is Princess Fen? It's his mom. Yeah, yeah, she's his mom. She died, unfortunately. But it gets actually really fucked up. Um, yeah, in tell us everything. The Savage Submariner <laughs> around the 90s, super grunge. So basically... Namor has amnesia again, um, but you know he, when he gets it back, like this 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 woman, this beautiful woman, like comes to him, and she's like, "I'm your mother." And as a reader, I'm like, "That's really weird because she's like young, she's hot, she's in the '90s, like she's not really wearing any clothes, like." And it's just like, I really don't believe that's his mother, and he didn't believe it. I was like, "Who are you, you like imposter? Who are you um, really?" Like she and she wasn't fact uh basically um she's a sumaket's lover i forget her real name it's some random shit name but uh sumaket brought her back in the body of fen from her grave and switched switched them out actually so fen was still alive the whole time but she was in this decaying body in a mummy wrap and basically namor goes and frees her and they have like this beautiful moment before she dies again permanently but it's i feel like i didn't explain that well because it's so it's so complicated how yeah. the logic of it works but <laughs> he was alive for like a little bit and he had some closure and it was, it was really beautiful um because his the real the the person who had his mother's body was just a complete psychopath so <laughs> it was great when she died <laughs> like by felicia was, it was like, great when she went swimming with the fishes she uh, I see oh, what you did there. Oh, you're that. taking those shots. I know, <laughs> take those shots at home. 
You're probably listening on the podcast like, well, they're drinking a lot. Where does that drink? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not drinking, guys, at home. You know, just the FYI. Although I think we had planned to. We we had mentioned it, but yeah, that's okay. I drank a whole bottle the other night, so I'm I'm good right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're still reeling from the other day. Oh, uh, it's insane. Okay. But anyways, I'm sorry. Continue. Oh, that was, that was basically it. You know, they have a great relationship together. He has, you know. I love that his, you know, his parents, they were great. They weren't like Odin or anything terrible. They he had a good family life. Although his grandfather was really hard on him. Um, and that was actually, oh, forget about that. Holy shit. Um, yes. The first mutant, um, the first six dealt with the Aquinos. I think that's how you say it. Um, mm-hmm. They're water vampires, sea vampires. Firstly, I don't like vampires in general. So it didn't really excite me because I don't care about them. But I'm sure you love my Buffy reference. <laughs> oh no, I, I don't mind them. I'm just saying I don't I don't you know what I read. But you gravitate not, towards you, yeah. I'm not like they're not. I don't hate them. I just like you know I you know for instance Blade. I was like he doesn't really interest me because I don't really care for vampires. Like they're, yeah. I don't. They're, ooh, what's this about? Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Um, he so he finds out like one of the like lead Aquinos, Aquinos is um, actually like a vampire version of the core, his grandfather. And it's, it's actually a really good storyline because um, his, his grandfather's just like being like, I was like hard on you and you're like, you're terrible. Like, you know, you're not meant to be King. Like, you know, I should be taking over. And like, you know, that now that I'm eternally living, like I can rule forever. And just like, you know, you're just a half breed and all this stuff. And, you know, he Namor kills him in the end permanently. Yeah, he does. Yeah, so he kills him and just overcomes his terrible grandfather, which is I think that's just an interesting and like on who writes it because there's some storylines where like his his grandfather is like loves him and like he's the heir and stuff. There's other storylines where he's like a hard ass on him. So it really depends on what storyline you think about. And so I just take it as I go. So <laughs> whatever it is, I'll include it. So my question, thinking of him during the, the different eras he's been in the golden age, it ends with him getting amnesia and just being homeless. Like that's, that's how, it, and then he's just in obscurity until Johnny Storm finds him. Yeah, because. So they basically did what they did with Captain America with him, which is like, yeah. they just put them in suspended animation, whether it's ice yeah. or being displaced in a housing front so he's that's it yeah i mean i think it was just i think i saw an interview or i read an article about the decision to do that and i think it was just you know they just needed an excuse to you know bring back golden age heroes or characters in like a way that was like what have they been up to for the past 20 years and it's like oh he's been homeless or he was trapped in ice like it's just like, you know, because at that time, you know, it wasn't deep. It wasn't like interconnected, a hundred different stories. It was just like, they read it for fun. It was just like, boom, boom, here it is. He's back. Burn off the beard. And, oh my God, it's Namor. No way. Throw him in the ocean. Like, <laughs> I love, so. I, I can picture that panel in my head right now. Would you oh, start does. doing that like that? And then like Namor is <laughs> all like somber there. You're like, yeah. Yeah, it's so weird. It's like he burns off his his facial hair. It's like, is that the best way to do it? Like, <laughs> like no. Doesn't that smell like burning hair? Like, <laughs> but what if he wasn't anymore, huh? Like, yeah. What, what what happens there? What if he doesn't got that bulletproof skin? <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> On social media news, but um, I think you know when he came back, it was pretty cool because he 
Um, he went to go find his people and he found Atlantis destroyed um, from the whole destiny thing, but he thought it was because of the nuclear bombs. So um, he basically, you know, had like the horn of Proteus and called upon Giganto and basically tried to attack New York uh, as rep repercussions. So, um, which I think he's right in his own way. I mean, we previously discussed this. He's, he is, I feel like he has every right to attack the surface world. I, yeah. you know, you, you, bro, I, I support you, like get him back. <laughs> so like one thing though, like one really good storyline is the 2019 invaders run. Yeah. And, um, what's great about that is he kind of wins almost, you know, cause usually he gets stopped like in his tracks before anything gets serious happens. But in invaders, he, um, firstly, he's a total badass because he captured hydro man and like the villain and oh. said you don't deserve the power of water i'm the king of the oceans i do so he stole hydro man's powers yes. and so basically he's a total god mode he can like there was one moment where um his like counselor or something they didn't agree with him and he was just like raised his hand and like took all the water away and he started choking and then he like put it all back he's like okay and are you you done being like disagreeing <laughs> with me like it was so cool i love that um but he basically turned a whole city into water breathers through this, this like gas and then flooded it. So it wasn't like he was killing them. He just turned them into water breathers and uh, submerged the whole city. So it was a big deal because everyone's like, oh my God, how do we do this? Like half, like this whole city is like water breathers now, not by their choice. So it was really interesting uh, to see him win. But you might like this. This is also the reason I hate Charles Xavier um, in this run. So we find out Namor has this, obviously he has intense PTSD and I love when they do storylines on that. Yeah. And he was not over this one death, like of a close friend that he, he thought he could save. And Charles Xavier is like, let me help you. And like, he's like, this is like mental therapy. So you can talk to the person. He's like, no, but he's not real. He's dead. And because of that, instead of helping Namor, he fucked him up even more. Oh, and did Xavier like, fuck up a, a pupil? Shocking. Yeah. Shocking. Big deal. Like, okay. I don't even like I love like when I found your podcast and you like hate beasts and you hate Xavier or you don't like them. I'm just like, I feel so validated because I thought people liked them. Like everyone loved these people. Like, nope. <laughs> now beast, I think is unanim unanimously panned by X fans for how he is in the comic books, you know, animated beast. He's doing just fine, but, or he was just fine. And, and people like Kelsey Grammer, but I think what's really what, what with Xavier is a lot of these questionable decisions that he's historically made. And what you're saying right now with Namor, like, oh, let me do some kind of like psychic therapy on you. And like Namor actually knows more than Xavier in this situation where he's you're like, yeah. listen, you're gonna do the psychic construct of someone that I'm I, I miss it. I love it. And, and I know it's not them. What is this going to do? Yeah. It's just futile. And of course, you can just see Xavier on his high horse. Be like, no, my treatment's right. Yeah, he did without even asking him. So oh. it just happened. And the crazy thing about that, though, was the the therapy version of mm -hmm. um, his friend who he lost ends up becoming like a villain almost. Um, <sighs> it sounds like a like a person like talking in your ear and that's kind of what namor goes a little bit crazy um in invaders because he's not fully in control like this there's this 
thing, like basically just like controlling his head, like, you know, messing with his thoughts. And it's actually the, the invaders run is really beautiful, honestly, because it's really just a story about friendship and like, you know, camaraderie and like brothers, because um, like Namor's going nuts. He's obviously not in his right mind, but Captain America and the original Human Torch know that's not, know that's not him. They know something's up. And, you know, while the Avengers are trying to like stop him, they're just like, wait, let, let us deal with him. We can do this ourselves. And it's just really beautiful like how they just really care about each other. And they're like a whole trio and how much Namor respects Captain America and like everything. Like there was this, even this one thing in like Jason Aaron's run, you know, he's not a great writer. Like there was a moment where Cap's like, you know, I don't want to fight you Namor. He's just like, I'll let you, I'll let this go because I respect you. Like I, I feel like-, like I remember that moment. Yeah, he was like fighting. It was like uh, his first appearance in the 2018 Avengers run. Mm-hmm. Just like it was okay, but yeah. When did Captain America and Namor hook up after they both came out of suspended animation? Were they shocked to see each other? Um. Well, you know what was really funny actually. <laughs> so Namor found Captain America in ice but he didn't know it was uh <laughs> captain america <laughs> i think it was like these these like inuits or like some sort of like you know like like northern tribe like was worshiping this like ice creature in like the ice and he like found it's like hey, screw you and your false gods or some i don't know the exact words wording of it but it was basically something that was honest, like you're false like idol and like tossed into the ocean and then the ice streamed down to New York City. Then we obviously know. I was like, "Oh my God, it's Captain America!" So he found Calf and Ice and didn't even quit. <laughs> so I just think this was so funny. So it's like, oh, guess I mean, and they eventually get the invaders back together many times and deal with like post-war uh, people and all that stuff. I think honestly, like if you're say his best team is his best team is with the invaders. I think because they have this past that I think you can't get anywhere else because they were in the war together and they have, and I love how they deal with like, you know, a modern story while also dealing with like their time in the war. I feel like you really get to touch on that and get to see the hardships of it. Um, so that's what I love about the invaders in terms of name words, addition to that. And just like who's left over and like, you know, there's just, you know, they're, they've been through some shit that no one else can ever say they've been through. And it's, I think it's really interesting and kind of gives depth. Like I said before, you have PTSD and I love, love when they go into that shit. I think it's just so smart. And and, you know. and they go into that in, in the 80s run, do they? The Prince Namor run where he, they, they tackle him being homeless and yeah. his PTSD for that. Yeah, I feel like it's um, in the 80s run. Um, he was trying to figure out what happened. Like, you know, what he was asking himself, who am I not only as a surface person, but like as a person, um, like he goes, what happens is um, he's obviously in the palace. He's in the higher ground of Atlantis, you know, cause he's a King, but then he goes to visit like one of like the lower levels, like the lower classes of Atlantis. And he has this moment of realization where he's just like, he has this relationship. He's, he sees this man and he gets this memory about, when he was a homeless man he knows what it felt like to be a homeless and he becomes very remorseful about his actions um, a little bit and how he's been portraying himself because it's like i've failed these people like i shouldn't this is my kingdom like he just hasn't seen it he hasn't seen like the low life of atlantis and he did and i think that's just really 
smart because it's really great how they wrote it because like the first panel of issue one is like namor's fighting like this like uh serpent and like this like battle ring and it's like whole thing and everyone's chanting like namor namor everyone's just like loving this guy and you know he's you know you see him as like oh he's so cool he's the king everyone loves him and then in this mini series it's like four issues it really just goes into what he is as a king and what he's how people really think about him and going to the lower levels and him relating to the people at the lower levels so i think it was just really smart i think it's it's a really well done mini series because it's just it just goes what i love about him just dealing with his monarchy and uh everything i'd rather see a whole series on that than like him fighting anyone on the surface i'm actually trying to see if they have a trade for that online right now because i want to buy that that sounds incredible boom right there so what about when he gets into the 90s with that long oh right there yeah i got him i got the whole 90s run let's see oh whoa let me see the omnibus I'm not a big fan of omnibuses, but that looks incredible. I'm starting to come around to omnibuses, by the way. You know, it, it, it's been a slow march for me because I do read everything digitally. And if not, I like a good paperback. But talk to, talk to me about that monster you were just holding. <laughs> the oh. 90s run. What, what did you think of 90s Namor, especially with the hair? Are we going to see you grow out your hair? No, no. I do not like long-haired Namor. I Think he looks trashy, especially as when he had the ponytail. At least this, Who do you think he off. was? Nightwing? No, it was just, please don't do that. In this case, Nightwing had the ponytail first. Oh, well, I, don't, you know, I don't know. I'm making that up. <laughs> I'm making that up. You know what? If that's, I, you do you, because Nightwing can keep it. <laughs> Nightwing can keep it. <laughs> I don't, it was very 90s. You know, that's very it was. Because you can just tell based on the comic and the, the art and stuff how different it was during that time. Oh, yeah. And like the grunge and like the darker elements. Because um, you can see a real change like Omnibus because it goes from very classic comic design to Savage Submariner, which is just dark and gritty and again, grunge. So um, that's just, um, I think it was, I think it was a good run. I mean, it got into the surface world a little bit and dealt, it wasn't my favorite um because i do prefer um underwater stories and he kind of just like ceo of the company and like did stuff and his villains were kind of meh um like i love that he's the ceo of a company yeah when you said that last episode i was like namor which is such a 90s plot too it is such it's like well like the hook of it was just like namor's dealt with everything this below the surface now he's dealing with the upright business world of the surface and his like big villains are like the the mars siblings or something and they're just like that's who's we go from a tuma and tiger shark to the fucking mars siblings who are just like business people like come on but it was good they had some good storylines they dealt with namorda being a clone like just as all you know there's a couple hidden gems and then once they get into the more savage submariner vibes i think that's where it kind of takes off because if we go back to this underwater world we deal with suma Ket, we deal with like him return to atlantis and we get more world building because yeah you, know, you learn about like their their dark history before neptune came along and um i think you got that right and then um also tiger shark comes back he looks weird as hell though he doesn't have his big fin he's like little spikes our boy needs that fin 
He needs the fin. He's I'm like, all of a sudden like the biggest fan of him right now. Shark is so cool. So like he looks so like, he looks sick. He's like yeah. dark, has like these massive spikes, and but then like his head has like little spikes everywhere instead of like one massive fin, which is what he needed. You, you're, you're so close. So close. Just you know, head pieces, they just missed in that era. You know, long hair, no fin, like count me out. <laughs> but it was it was definitely an interesting era how they switched it up a little bit. And I wasn't a fan of the costume either of the era. I mean, it looked cool, but it was like really weird. It was like this crazy gold armor with like these skulls on them. But then like his costume was weird because it was like uh, I think it was like gold pants or something with like a green crotch. Sure. Okay. Was, oh yeah. Like, yeah. Just in the crotch. And I was like, that just looks so ugly. Like this. <laughs> like do the whole or just don't do it all. Like, yeah. <laughs> It's, who thought of that? So I don't. The nineties was a curious time with, with with some of those looks. <laughs> Everyone was just like experimenting in their time, but I, you know, it, was, it is what it is. I mean, I enjoyed it for the most part. So, and then the modern age. Obviously. The modern age, yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts on the initiative era? I love the initiative. I thought it was it, that. Honestly, I think was the greatest in terms of world building that we had so far, because not only was like the art more modern, but um, you know you got to see these amazing like designs and stuff, and um, you know Atlantean like like um, that's the word guest designs really just like what their areas looked like. You know, it's just more detailed. Like their clothes are really cool. Like they just had they just felt unique finally, and like. Um, I really like what they did with that, even though they kind of blew it up in the end, which I thought was silly. But, um, you know, I think it was really cool and just kind of dealt with Namor being a monarch again, which is what I like the best, honestly. And, um, you know, dealing with his past and also how he handles, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. being, like, total a-holes during that whole era. I think that was, like, Civil War era, I believe. Yeah, yeah. When he started S.H.I.E.L.D. And he was being a dick. Like, he was even like, like, dude... I didn't do it. I'm telling you, I didn't do it. And he's like, well, we should occupy Atlantis anyway. And he's like, I didn't do it. I'm not going to attack you. And he's just like, well, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, all right, well, that's when he goes, gets his big Neptune armor, and then just goes after Tony Stark. And it's like, yes, kick his ass. He deserves it. Like, he's, I'm telling you, I didn't do it. Like, why don't you believe me? Like, I'm not, I'm not in Kansas. That's in the middle of nowhere. Why would I be there? Like, Why would I? There's no body of ocean anywhere there. Like, <laughs> like geographically speaking, come on, Tony. Like, just because it's Atlantean tech doesn't mean I did it. Yeah. So, yeah. Decision. That. But that was, I thought it was really cool. But that started Krakoa. Or not, not Krakoa. Um, the Utopian. 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 Era. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really liked him more on it, as we said. Like, I think he brought a really great dynamic to the team and to, I, I like the history with Emma. I thought it was something that was well done. I think for reasons we have discussed, there are two characters who really gravitated towards each other because they're regal and hot as fuck. They're going to walk into a room. You're going to look at them. They got swag. The amount of swag. And I love Emma would end up with someone like Scott because they're both mutually good for them for each other 
But mm-hmm. Emma's type is someone like Namor. Like she oh, wants yeah. to date the fucking king who sometimes has amnesia, you know, <laughs> and yeah. they will just go to parties together and they would be that strong power couple. So that era was really great. I love the relationship they had with oh, Hope yeah. Summers. You know, I think Hope was a character that a lot of people were watching at the time because they thought it was reborn Jean Grey. But um, Namor has even shaded Jean in the past. He was here like, I can't believe these men fight over such a generic looking woman. <laughs> and I love Jean, but you know what? I love I love a good shading first. You know I mean? yeah, how did you feel about that? You're God Queen. Yeah, I know. Well, well, you know, that was the first thing I thought about when she when she came back and she went to Atlantis. I was like, is Namor gonna shade her? I was kind of disappointed that Tom Taylor wrote their interaction sort of mild. I was thinking, yeah. I, I was hoping he would be a little bit more shady towards her. But um, I, I thought Namor being on the X-Men was phenomenal. I'm sad what we saw with um, yeah. with Hellfire, the Hellfire Gala recently, because I'm like, I just don't believe that Namor, even if he is king of 70% of the, you know, the planet and that that horrible line we've, we've discussed, yeah. I still think he would participate in the diplomacy of Krakoa. And I think oh, yeah. he would be have a vested interest in his ex-girlfriend running the Hellfire Gala and being a major player on the council there. And I don't know, have they tackled Krokoan drugs in Atlantis? They must have. But I'm just no. I know I know mute I know Atlanteans don't need longevity, but do they have diseases of the mind? You know what I mean? Um, like No, they that, haven't actually. That Krakoan drugs could help. So I don't, and even, how about this? Even if let's just say those elements aren't at play here with Krakoa and and Atlantis, like play ball with a really rich power that's coming. You know what I mean? Like you are a kingdom, you are a monarchy. You do have to play on this planet with other people. I mean, because he respects other monarchs. I mean, like, because like I see some people like when Black Panther is rumored before, like, uh, they reply to me when I would say something that's played like, no, he hates like Black Panther. They hate each other. I'm like, no, actually, Namor respects uh, T'Challa because he's a king. He's a monarch. He respects Doom because he's a monarch. Like he respects other monarchs as a monarch. So that's why I mean I agree with you 100. Like you're right. Like why did the writers just totally dismiss it as like Namor being an asshole when he should be. See, you know, because, you know, Utopia era, he's supporting his people as, you know, he thinks he can help. And I, f- I agree with you 100%. It's just like, what is he doing? Like, he should be happy for them. They're thriving. And you bring up this valid point that I forgot about in, in the notes here, that he attacks Wakanda, not out mm-hmm. of spite, but because Hope Summers, the Messiah mutant, is on, uh, on Wakanda. So that's why yeah. he has a vested interest in her safety and getting her back with the with yeah. the mutants. It's just like that's that's the thing too. I always reply to people. I stop her doing it on Twitter because no one no one gets it. There's like <laughs> when people say, oh, they'll be like name. I'll be like name where's not a black panther villain. Then they'll be like reply like oh yeah, well look at this. And it's just that first shot of him like over Wakanda. I'm like all right, let's From do a little, like, yeah. Let's do a basic research, shall we? Okay, shop before Emma Frost tells him. Hope Summers is in Wakanda. Doesn't tell Cyclops. Namor goes and does it himself. Hope Summers, the Messiah, the first mutant born. Of course, they're going to go find her. The Avengers took her from him. So 
Joseph Wakanda, he could have gone to Cumberland, he could have gone to Europe, he could have gone to Kansas, and he would have done the same thing. Like, <laughs> it just happens. We know how much he hates Kansas, apparently. <laughs> he hates Kansas. <laughs> but he does that. So he, and it's also the Phoenix talking too. The Phoenix wants hope. So, and then we also look later on in AVX Consequences, and he's talking to Hope, and he's just like, it's, it's, it's so tragic because he's like, Saying like, you know, um, like I hated feeling small. I hated feeling weak that this fire was burning inside of me and I couldn't do anything about it. And like, I forget, it might've been an X-Men Red. I don't know the exact one, but there was, he was talking with Jean Grey about the Phoenix and he was just like, he's like, I'm a king. Like, you know, and he's just like so depressed about what happened with the Phoenix. He's like, and I think Jean's just like, uh, you're a king, but it burned you all the same. Yeah. I think it just says something about the Phoenix in terms of just like, he didn't attack it because he hated T'Challa. It's like the Phoenix is his own entity. Yeah. It burns away. What doesn't work. That, that is one of the main dogmas. It's a universal cosmic force that's operating under rules and order that mere humans have no idea of what that is. It's like getting angry at a hurricane for making landfall, right? That's what the Phoenix is. And something that was established in new X-Men was that the Phoenix burns away what doesn't work, you know, to what degree that was being played in, in AVX, you know, we let the reader decide that, but that's all to say that the Phoenix was possessing Namor. It was a very complicated situation for him. He does not hate Wakanda or Black Panther. He is not an enemy of either's because it was just literally a plot device to get yeah. to move the story along. A half-baked plot device. Literally. Yeah, Jason Aaron is finest. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you feel about him after AVX? Um, you know, I've read Hickman's uh, New Avengers and I've read that whole era. I really enjoy it. Um, I think I think it's interesting because I mean, it's one of those things where it happened and you got to deal with it. And I kind of like it because like, you know, at the time, I mean, it's just, it was a storyline. So there wasn't this whole MCU backing. It was mm-hmm. just like what was happening in the moment. Um, and I kind of liked how they just didn't just abandon the whole plot line of he is half Wakanda and he's now in the Illuminati and he's with T'Challa a lot. And I love this. There's this one scene where like, you know, Namor rolls up to Wakanda and like the Dormelage are around and Black Panther is around. And he's just like, if you weren't here because we need you, I will fucking kill you. It didn't say that exactly, but it was basically just like, he threatened the hell out of it. Like, I will kill you at the end of this. Like, yeah. I need you now. I don't like it, but I will kill you. Like, because he did destroy Wakanda. I mean, you don't just like, you know, brush it off and be like, ah, oh, that's the Phoenix for you. Like, <laughs> it's still a person. You got to direct your hate towards someone. Yeah, so I'd like to like find out with the fallout a little bit of that. So yeah, and I'm so. and I'm fine with the fallout of something like yeah. that. You know, here here's a question: because of Wakanda and you know Neymar is at our forefront. Did you think in Endgame when they had that line about oh you know there's earthquakes off the shores of Wakanda? Did you in the water? Did you think that was a Neymar reference initially? I mean, I was just like. I kind of thought it was more, I, th- I saw that rumor, but I thought it was kind of just more a way to show like how much Black Widow is trying to do in that moment. Cause she's just like, 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 oh yeah, I want to do something like what are we doing about it? And like, Akoya is like, it's an, you know, it's like, it's 
the earthquake, you do nothing about it. I feel, I didn't think of it as Namor. I thought of it more as like, um, you know, Natasha is just really just trying to fix everything she can. And this one's out of her control. So. I agree. That's how I initially took it as well. And I, at the time, I don't think the, his film rights had been sorted. Do you know anything about the film rights historically? I know they're back at Marvel, I think. I'm, I'm pretty sure they are because I also, we did find on Twitter that there was um, uh, a Namor movie or, or like official Namor or something like a, a Twitter hold name. Like, so you know, how like sometimes Marvel films will like make it Twitter and just always be like vacant just mm-hmm. like they have a name hold. So, you know, they can't have someone like me do like name more official and <laughs> name more cosplay. That's taken. Sorry. So, Sorry, you can't take it. That's it. Called dibs sorry, back in January 2021. <laughs> I was the first. It was vacant so, for that long. Yeah. I mean, even if you look like on like Google or Twitter or Instagram, like there's not many name more cosplayers. Like there's only, I think I'm like, there's one other guy. I know on Instagram who does Namor, but he just says a speedo. Um, you know, there's a, we're the only people cosplaying Namor currently. And there's like a million Wandas. So, Oh, are, are there a million Wandas? I had no idea. Oh there are a million Wandas on Instagram. They all look fantastic. You know, no, yeah. they look great. But it's just so interesting. And I'm also interested to see what happens if he gets in a movie. Because, I mean, it'd be great to see other Namor cosplayers do, um, do him and see like, how they would uh, interpret themselves. So I'm not the only one. So it'd be cool to see what they're, you know, what they come up with or the boom as I was speaking with um, someone about it, you know, the, you notice it on the sharing pages, like when a show comes out, like they all, you know, everyone's doing Loki, everyone's doing Zemo or uh, Falcon or um, everyone's doing this, blah, 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 like Natasha, Yelena. Um, So it's just, it just, it goes on with strides. So eventually if he gets in a movie, there's going to be a Namor boom. There's going to be an Eternals boom and everyone's going to do everyone. So that's just the, the way of it. Well, you know, Power of X-Men, we have no one but Wanda to thank for our, our, our putting gas in our engine because it really, anytime we posted something of Wanda, the amount of engagement that yeah. came in, people just loved Wanda. It was, it was insane. Yeah, no saying. one saw it coming. Wanda was, I, I've loved Wanda for a while. You know, it, it, mm-hmm. it, it's it's great to see your favorite character be beloved by so many people. But mm-hmm. it's, you know, I agree with you. I mean, think about a couple of years ago, you saw a lot of Star-Lords, you know? Yeah. And yep. Star-Lord was a really big character when Guardians of the Galaxy 1 came out. Everyone was doing it and it was great. So I think Namor yeah. will have his time. I, I can't wait for the X-Men to have their time. You know, that's going to be yeah. insane. When the X-Men arrive, that's it. All bets are off. I want to see the X-Men come to life, but I want to see it with like Cyclops and Jean, like, like leading the charge. Like I love Wolverine, but I feel like Wolverine should be like a background character. Just like the, like, oh, that's Wolverine, you know, sneak. And like, he does his shit. He does his Wolverine stuff. But like the focus is on Cyclops because I feel like, no one outside the comics respects him and cyclops is my one of my favorite x-men um, yeah so well he's a great character he's oh, cyclops cool. is always right on this podcast <laughs> cyclops the, is like the perfect blend of xavier and magneto yeah yeah That's and he and he does what he, he's a byproduct of their conflict and their ideologies you, you know they, 
you said it. I mean, that's that's what I think. I mean, that's what I love. I mean, what's been great about this um, your podcast is I found it um, at the beginning of like my X Men binge when I was just like obsessed and just buying so many. I was just like, like Michelle Waffle, I think reposted you, and I was like, oh, there's an X Men podcast. Like, I need to know more. Like, I'm interested in these people now. I want to learn everything I can. So that's why I kind of got, inter- you know, found your podcast uh, through her, and it was like it was cool because now I'm like I feel, I haven't read a lot of the hellfire stuff yet because i'm still catching up but i feel like i know everything that's been going on through listening and i know it was intense when video comes out and i'm gonna get that I'm so oh curious. really well we're gonna have to have you come on and guess because we're gonna yeah. be covering trial of magneto every week as it's being published as well as inferno so I'm so curious yeah. I, don't think, I don't think he did it I no, I, I agree too, but we're going to save that for the next, yeah. uh, the, ne- the next episode because you're obviously not, never going anywhere. You're part of the power of X-Men Familia now. But yeah. here's my question for you. I feel like we have covered Namor four hours later. We have gone deep. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm with Namor. <laughs> where do you see his future going? Where, where do you see Namor going? Uh... I think it really depends on what happens in the MCU, really, because I feel like that's how it usually goes. Yeah. Um, or if he's, done, or if it ends up being a total fluke, which I mean, I actually feel like, you know, I'm not fully in support of a Black Panther villain turn for him. I feel like I'm, we're so deep into these rumors, and there's no been, de- there's no debunking, and they just seem to be more and more real. I think I'd be really disappointed if he wasn't in it. Like, yeah. Like, oh, Same. this is funny because. But I do think he will have his own soul series. Uh, I mean, King in Black, I don't know how the, you know, it was received, but I know, I mean, we loved it. It was really well done. I think I would like to see a solo series kind of delve into more of the Atlantean side of him. And I think maybe if they do get into the MCU and they want to push a Namor agenda, I think they would kind of develop more of Atlantis because if, because, you know, again, like Wakanda people, loved it because of what you know kugler and his production team did you know they did a beautiful job with it um so i think if they do a beautiful job with atlantis they might want to explore it more and it might be more vibed with the movie um i don't know i'm just guesstimating but i would just like to see something underwater like i said in the last episode i'd love to see like game of thrones-esque like <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, I agree. I mean, given everything we've learned about Namor in today's episode, it, it is Game of Thronesy. There, There is a backbone there that's very Games of Thronesy with stepbrothers, brothers, everything there, warring, you know, factions. Uh-huh. I think that the, I think the, the, the thing here that's missing is that we need more of Atlantis. And I agree with you. I think we will get an Atlantis focused title if yeah. he becomes big in the mcu i hope he does i mean because there's also a lot of different factions of undersea people there's uh the lemurians and uh i forgot they appear to one issue in like the the deep um you know but there's also this other faction that were like you know they didn't like atlantis but i just feel like there's so many other you know the ocean is a huge part and they just haven't explored that realm as much um so i'd like to see that more personally because i think the surface stories are tried and true at this point you know he goes on the surface he fights a couple people and he may or may you know, not get amnesia yeah you may, exactly he gets amnesia as many times as he's left atlantis and come back so i'm just like all right please 
He's not that trope. Like, I hope they don't do that trope in the movies. Yeah. That and Sue. No, no, Sue. No, no Sue. Anita. No, Sue. We're team, we're team anti Sue. Like, like, you're, like, you're so anti beast. Like, I'm anti, I'm so anti Sue. I so. mean, listen, it's Sue is not a mount I will die on. I enjoy Sue. Actually, I have a Marvel Legends Sue that I got after the Hasbro hey. uh, reveal because I want all the Sues. Um, I don't, I don't hate her as a character. I just hate her anymore. So. That's a very good point. <laughs> you know what I will say to you that um, with the whole beast situation, there's this moment in I think it's at the end of Second Coming where Hank like leaves like after the whole events of Second Coming, and he's. Hmm. Namor's just like, why are you leaving your people? He's just like, I, I don't agree with what Cyclops did. And Namor like calls him out on his shit. And he's just like, you, you're leaving your own people. Like, what the fuck? And I think that says like miles about uh, Scott Summers as a leader because you have a king who doesn't like devout orders, who doesn't do, he does what he wants. He, he's, he's, he's Namor. And I love how he just, he's defending Scott Summers as a leader and he's following what he, you know, Scott in general. And you don't get that often with him where he was going to respect someone enough to follow orders, you know? <laughs> well, and Scott did a good job during the extinction arc. You know what I mean? Like, so Namor acknowledges that because I'm sure Namor's like, fuck, I don't know how I would have handled that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and he saw the, the, how tactful he, he was. And also that Emma was there too and present. So, yeah. you know, Beast, fuck Beast. Of course, he would say something shady like that. I don't know. Beast is always going on the Avengers, the Inhuman <laughs> side. I'm like, fuck off, man. Like, you're done. And listen, Neymar, one of my favorite, like, non, you know, well, he's a mutant, but you know what? Non-traditional yeah. X-Men. When, you know, he brought in our God Queen when she was, you know, on the run in X-Men Red. That's it. That's it. He's, he's A-list. But again, I thought him and Emma were so hot. That's when I really took off with the character. I loved him during Gillian's run. I thought it was great. Yeah. I, I hope, my hope would be that he kind of circles back on Krakoa in some way, shape, or form. Because I was curious about that. Like, I think that was one of the first questions I asked was, is Namor on Krakoa or is he in Atlantis? We kept waiting to see him in the lineup for all the Hellfire Gala reveals. And we were just like, oh, that's depressing. He's, that he's was, not yeah. he's um, just, I mean, I think, you know, I think it's partially my reasoning in terms of why Namor works best in a solo series, because if you get the wrong writer, um, they'll use just like these Namor tropes where he's like, he's Namor, he is like, he's a womanizer, he's very self-involved with himself, like, and, you know, he's, he's arrogant. And I feel like if you get the wrong writer and he's like a background character, um, they're just going to do the, the trope. Because yeah. it's like no real plot in the story. They're just like, oh, it's Namor. Let's just let's have him say something very Namor e. And um, I think that's what is a failing of him in some some of his like team ups because it's just like they just toss him as like a side character. He's just like he's gonna say something that Namor would say, and then people are gonna get a kick out of it. But it's like it doesn't develop anything that should be developed. So yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> I would like to see him go back. I mean, I heard there are Hellfire Gala. There might be multiple, like, you know, yeah. every year. Yeah. So yeah. next year, he gets... Let's something. see him next next year. Maybe he can get a do-over on the green carpet. <laughs> yeah. I would love that. I was like, I was waiting for it. I was like, okay, if this happens, I'm going to go. I'm going to cosplay this immediately. Like, 
Yeah, and do it. It, Well, especially since in House of M, when they had the gala in House of M, he came out looking very regal in -hmm. it as well. And, you know, I don't, I don't understand that, you know, it's, listen, I get it. There, there's only so much you can design and put into something, but I think most people, one of the takeaways, if people were nitpicking at the Hellfire Gala was Namor in it and what he was wearing. It's like, like, even like, uh, like this old one where he's just like in a, in a cape and a speedo yeah. and like, well, that that's one. my favorite look of his. I love him in the speedo and the cape. I, I love it. I love the regalness of that. And I got my, got my cape right there. It's All right. Like, <laughs> you, uh, I, I was actually really proud of this cape. If I can get it off the table without breaking anything, but, uh, it's really easy. But so I found like this like Greek pattern at like oh that's gorgeous LA because originally it was just gonna be like uh, like red velvet like mm-hmm. it should have been but I found this when I was looking for like the speedo um, scales in downtown LA fashion district and I was like I have to double side this and yeah that's one of my favorite things I've ever made actually even though it's so easy and I got like a this little medallion I made with like that and like the you know the rope and the you know, like spotlight it's my thing that's so. gorgeous well you are one of my favorite cosplayers it well, thank is you. cannot believe we are here talking almost on five hours about namor <laughs> we started at 11 right uh 11 12 1 2 oh, okay so eh, you know three and a half four that's, but that's still, uh, one character that no it's that. fine no i love, I love it where <laughs> since this is the end of part two remind folks listening where they can find you well um you can find your highness at uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry wait wait wait. let me take it from the top again sorry, your highness where where can people find you <laughs> uh you can find your kingship at uh at namor cosplay um on instagram and twitter uh i mainly use instagram uh i use twitter occasionally just to interact with some folks but um Follow me. I got okay. a bunch of new content coming out. I got a new shoot coming out next week um, with Dale Altman. He's a great photographer. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's honestly, I'm just so excited that, you know, we get to talk. This is like my first like big, uh, you know, cosplay, like interview or like conversation, which is, which is really fun. Cause you know, you know, you don't really get to talk about this stuff with other people you're friends with because, or I don't at least because I have great friends, but like, cosplay is just like a one conversation situation it's like oh what do you make oh i'm doing anymore i'm doing this like, oh cool that's nice and i mean we've had like we had a whole almost two hours talking about cosplay and yeah that's that's what i love about the instagram community um because it's just like you can find people who are like-minded and now i can go to cons whenever they come back and meet other people because i usually just go with friends or now i can go and interact and meet other people and so instagram I- is great I agree. The Instagram community has been wonderful. I'm like you, I'm not on Twitter as much. Like I tried to, I tweeted something and I got an insane amount of like views on it. It was like 16 K views. It was like a yeah. He-Man and Sailor Moon comparison video or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, with, and then I was like, Oh, maybe there's something here, but I was like, Oh man, I can only do one platform. That's, <laughs> that's, you know, and Instagram is a little bit more intuitive for me, but um, before we go, do you say the magic words? Imperious Rex.